From the team at CTS, this is the Train Ride Podcast, our show for endurance athletes who want to learn how to train more effectively and improve their performance. I'm Coach Adam Pulford, your host for the cycling edition of the show, where it's my job to interview top coaches, scientists, experts, and athletes in the world of cycling to bring you actionable training tips that you can apply to your own training. Now, let's dive into the show and learn how you can train right. This episode of the Train Right Podcast is brought to you by Stages Cycling, the industry leader in accurate, reliable, and proven power meters and training devices. Stages Cycling offers the widest range of power meter makes and models to fit any bike, any drivetrain, and any rider. They're all manufactured in their Boulder, Colorado facility, and they've expanded their offerings to include the Stages Dash line of innovative and intuitive GPS cycling computers, covering a full range of training and workout-specific features to make your workouts go as smooth as possible. And now Stages is applying its decade of indoor cycling studio expertise with the new Stages Bike Smart Trainer. Check it all out at www.stagescycling.com. This episode of the TrainRight podcast is brought to you by the CTS TrainRight membership. The TrainRight membership helps you get the most out of your limited training time so that you can improve your performance and achieve your athletic goals. With the membership, you get access to science-based training plans, an 800-plus workout library, and an app to track your progress, along with advice from professional coaches via an online private form. Go to trainright.com backslash membership to learn where to start and use code TRAINRIGHT for a free 14-day trial. Again, that's code TRAINRIGHT in all capital letters for a free 14-day trial. Coach Adam here, a quick note to describe what the next several weeks are looking like on the TRAINRIGHT podcast. You'll have a four-part series all focused around training for and competing in extreme environments, in particular, the Tokyo Olympics. If you've been paying attention to the lead up into Tokyo, you know that athletes, especially endurance athletes, have a lot of hurdles in this year's games, heat, humidity, time zones, uh, all the things. So uh, these next episodes are going to be all about that and all about human performance. The first in the series is a short episode with just myself giving a few reminders before we go deep into those 1% gains for elite athletics. Next, we'll talk to a top physiologist who uses every tool at her disposal to bring awareness and the best training practices to the Olympians and their coaches. Then we'll hear from the one and only men's mountain bike Olympian with diverse topics such as heat acclimatization, altitude training, composing music, and rap. Finally, our last episode, I sit down with one of the women's, one of the best women's road athletes we have who's looking to come home with a medal after several years of gunning for it at the Olympic Games. I had a lot of fun batching these episodes and putting them all together. So thanks to the guests for taking time out of their uh, busy schedules on the road in Italy and France or at home in Colorado Springs to sit down with me and share a little of their experience and their knowledge for all of you. Thanks to Corey and Kala, my editors and producers who make the magic happen. There's a lot of moving parts and tight timelines in these episodes in particular, but they pulled it all together and, and we pulled it off. So th thank you, Corey and Kala. 
And to all of you, uh, our listeners, I hope you enjoy this four-part series, Performing in Extreme Environments, and the lead-up to the Tokyo Games. Preparing for your optimal performance is what most everyone listening here is trying to achieve. That could be winning the national championships, completing your first triathlon, or winning the group ride on the weekends. Performance is fun, and I haven't met anyone yet who would disagree with me on that. But developing performance takes work. It takes time. It's done in the training and learning how to train and recovering from the training. And there's other specific considerations to go to that next level of performance. And they are as necessary when you want performance on that key day, like the group ride, like nationals, like the Olympics. Environmental considerations like heat, humidity, cold, altitude, those are the things that I'm talking about. Over the next several episodes, I will be talking to physiologists, professional athletes, whose jobs are to win medals at the Tokyo Olympics. We'll learn why heat and humidity cause performance decreases, and we'll also learn the latest protocols and techniques that they've been using at the Olympic Training Center to optimize performance for what could be the hottest Olympics on record. But before we hear from those Olympians and experts, I want to give you a quick reminder that no matter the environmental conditions, keep the basics in mind when it comes to your preparations. This means that in the upcoming episodes, when we talk about heat acclimatization protocols, cooling vests, altitude training, core temperature optimization hacks, all you need to do is remember three things. And those three things I call the three Fs, fitness, freshness, and fueling. What do I mean by that? Well, number one, get fit. This is that day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month aspect that I've preached on other episodes. Make sure your fitness levels are in line with the event that you've just signed up for. Otherwise, all the fancy stuff that I mentioned above really doesn't matter. How fit is fit? Well, I kind of hesitate to give some of these prescriptions because people can dwell so much on, on one number. Okay. But fitness can also be measured in different ways. One way I like quantifying it is tracking CTL or chronic training load on training peaks. CTL is basically your average TSS over the past 42 days of training. It's a great measure for how you're handling the stresses imposed by training, uh, in your day-to-day workload. And this is also, uh, on a long-term basis. So all the training that you've done over the past six weeks or so leading up to now is represented in that CTL number. Here are some ranges of CTL in TSS per day for various athlete groups. Pro cyclists will target anywhere between 100 and 140 uh, throughout the season. That's their target CTL uh, just before they come into a, a main event. Now, that's like a pro continental rider, tour de France rider, a pro tour rider. They'll, they'll escalate all the way up to about 200 coming off a grand tour. And you think about a CTL of 200. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. It's huge. It, like a normal person should not strive for that. Okay. Uh, but just to give you some context of what the, the pros are doing, I wanted to share that with you. A cat one or two rider uh, maybe looking at a targeted CTL of 95 to 135 for key events. And that kind of depends on, you know, the high and low 
if they're racing uh, criteriums or long road races, something like this. Cat threes and fives on the road, uh, anywhere between 50 and 95. If you go to the triathlon side and elite Ironman athletes, again, they're going to go kind of up toward like the Tour de France riders on, on that high end, but anywhere between 130 to 195, something like this. Novice Ironman athletes, maybe they want to do their first one or something. Uh, 95 to 120 CTL, topping out before their main event. And then elite 70.3 racers, maybe somewhere between 100 and 130. And beginner triathletes, uh, far ranging anywhere between 50 and 100. Okay, so it's it's a good idea to have a targeted CTL for your event. But please remember, fitness is not performance but it sets the stage for performance. You definitely need fitness to get through and finish these events that we're talking about, but in order to podium or and achieve a specific goal, you need performance. We've talked about the difference between fitness and performance on the podcast before. You want to work within a training plan that ramps up your CTL at what we call a ramp rate of about three to seven TSS per week on average. So that you're arriving to your main event at a time period with an optimized CTL for you. And that's what we call fitness. Number two, freshness, arrive fresh. We'll have a taper episode, I I promise. But here are the basics of what I mean by freshness. Coming up to an event, you want to decrease volume, keep some of the intensity, get good sleep, have a week of training that is lesser, just simply lesser than your normal training week. And that will freshen you up. Think of it this way. I'd rather you show up 10% undertrained rather than 2% overtrained. When you are freshening up though, main concept, do less, less volume for sure, less time and intensity, but keep some of the intensity to stay sharp. A bit more specific on that is, here's an example. If you were averaging about 15 hours of training with three to four hard intensity or deep training sessions for several weeks leading up to the event, let's just call it the week before for a taper, you'd want to decrease that volume down to about seven to nine hours and have one to two sessions that are at the same intensity or higher than the intensity you were doing before. That's the cliff notes version. Again, I promise this very specific uh, taper episode is coming. The key thing is you want to decrease training stress and arrive fresh on race day. A good indicator is that your CTL will start coming down leading into the event. Okay, but don't freak out. I mean, that's it's that's how the metrics work. In reality, you still have that fitness. Okay, so when that CTL is going down, that's a good thing. And that's how you freshen up. Number three, fueling. Specifically, fuel appropriately for the demands of your event. So no matter how fit or fresh you are, the greatest success on race day for most endurance athletes that we all do here will be found in your fueling strategy. Turns out that we also have an episode on fueling coming up, but for now, in general, I'm encouraging to fuel properly for the demands of the event. This means that having a plan with hydration, carbohydrates, and sodium, practicing it in training, adjusting for the foods and fluids that suits you best, and then deploying that on race day. 
here are some broad guidelines once again, because I want to kind of set this up, especially for that, that next episode, but big picture, if we're doing two hours or more of hard training and racing, I want you to be shooting for 30 to six, or sorry, 30 to 90 grams of carbohydrate per hour, 20 to 40 fluid ounces of hydration per hour and 300 to upwards of a thousand milligrams of sodium per hour. Sport drink is one of the best ways to do this. A few things to consider and know when you're looking to get a good sport drink is number one, you want to make sure that the drink mix is using two types of sugar, primarily glucose and fructose. Why? Well, it matters. And it matters because of the transport mechanisms between the two sugars. Glucose also, I mean, maltodextrin is also glucose. It's just a longer chain. It absorbs very quickly. Okay. But you also want the fructose. Fructose uses a different pathway to absorb into the body than glucose does. Thus, we can get more carbohydrates in without having any GI issue. That's the very simplistic way of, of thinking about that, but that that's why the science actually matters on this. Okay. So just flip over or go online and read the ingredients, but you should have a glucose fructose combination. Now this sport drink should be carbohydrate based, have at least 20 grams of carbohydrate and 300 milligrams roughly uh, of sodium per serving or more. And that could be more carbohydrate. That could be more uh, sodium per serving. Okay. It, We'll get into more details on this, but those are, that's like the lowest level to kind of aim for on that. No other fancy stuff either in that sport drink, maybe caffeine, but you don't want anything else. You don't need amino acids. You don't need herbs. You don't need proprietary blends. Okay. Just keep it very simple. Two different types of sugars. Make sure that there's sodium in it, maybe some caffeine. And then always practice your fueling plan in training before racing. That will be a common theme on that you'll hear from uh, the upcoming episodes that we're talking about in terms of a hydration and fueling plan, as well from the Olympians that I that I talk with, as well as the physiologist. But then in um, uh, other upcoming episodes about fueling and performance, training or racing that is two hours or more with threshold efforts or above. You'll want sport drink with carbohydrates and electrolytes. Like I said, you want to drink early, drink often, consume to the top level of hydration and nutrition that your gut can handle comfortably uh, without issues. How do you find that? Practice. Dial it up, practice more, and dial it up to the point where you're having some issues, then dial it down. It's as simple as that. Like I said, more details to come, but fueling is your golden ticket. Now, I love this podcast because it allows CTS and me personally to communicate everything that we've learned over the years and, and share connections. We can go deep into some crazy areas of human performance and talk about silly, nerdy stuff weekly and have a lot of fun with it. But none of that super specific nerdy stuff matters if you don't get the basics down and keep the basics in mind as you're developing good sleep, good training, good nutrition. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of preaching here, but the next few episodes will equip you for training specifically for your events, inspire you to go to that next level, and hopefully entertain you with some of the storytelling that we have from the athletes and the physiologists. Take all of this knowledge and apply it to yourself. 
but please don't do the specific techniques before the basics. Getting adapted to the heat is a specific thing that we'll talk about. And it's, and it's good to do before you have an event in the heat for reasons that we'll discuss. But if you don't get as fit as you possibly can beforehand, it really doesn't matter because having a high level of fitness going into any extreme environment is going to equip you far better than the specificity of that. Learning how to balance and, and manage stresses in training so that you can also get your heat acclimatization dialed in. We'll talk about that. But again, fitness is king here. Okay. So if you want to train all the way into the event, okay, and then you don't taper, you won't be fresh. So all that training has basically gone for nothing if you wanted to have a good day on that day. Finally, if you're competing longer than two hours, you need to have some fueling and plan uh, the fueling and hydration protocol for optimized performance. If you forget to put it in your bottles, then all that, all that fitness, all that freshness has gone to nothing because you deplete, you get fatigued faster and your day went south. Okay. This is some of the most simple things to put into place. No matter how fit or fresh you are on that race day, fueling and hydration will give you the greatest success. Okay. I'm off my soapbox. So this cues up our next episodes, I think more properly. Uh, so subscribe, listen, rate, review, uh, give us feedback on these episodes as we go, because we have some really cool guests coming up. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I was excited to interview each and every one. And I think everyone listening will definitely learn and equip themselves with how best to, to train for, uh, all their, events that will be in extreme environments. So uh, thank you again, Coach Adam, over and out. Thanks for joining us this week on the TrainRight podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to visit our website at trainright.com forward slash podcast, where you can find social links, bonus content, and more about CTS. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss a show and leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next time, train hard, Train smart. Train right.